Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to the pod, a brand new episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast, the podcast where we bring you two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult, and talk about them both. So last episode, we talked uh, for this pairing, which is called Wet Underpants. We talked about the movie Underwater, starring Kristen Stewart and uh, Vincent Castle. And it is it was a pretty all around. We decided it was a pretty great movie. Uh, most people are recommended to watch it. Uh, to pair with that, we have another uh, watery creature feature. This time, the 2022 slash 23, you know, when it was made versus when it was released epic from janice.click our favorite gonzo auteur filmmaker uh from i believe missouri we have his new one here uh fish piss yes that is correct fish piss is the name of this movie it's a great cover if i if i say so myself and i have to say this is coming off of janice.click's first feature which he released after doing many shorts uh, which we also reviewed called attack of the scarecrow from mars What's interesting about today is, of course, I'm your host, film critic and comedian Nate Wyckoff. I also have with me Tad, another appreciator of uh, Janice.Click's work thus far. Hi, Tad. Who are you, people? Who are you, people? Yes, Tad is back from his his long uh, winter hibernation, uh, I guess. And we also have with us uh, another smiling face, Jeffrey Tucker, longtime contributor. How are you doing, Jeff? Am I smiling? Am I having a stroke? Do you, do you smell toast? Um, yeah, so the reason this is fascinating is because this is the same group, uh, the three of us, that was present on this pod when we first came in contact with Janice.Click's work with the uh, short film McMurderer. Now, we talked about this, and actually we rebroadcast it a, a month or two ago. Uh, we talked about this when we talked about shorts, and we will be doing another shorts episode in the near future. So uh, if you have something you'd like us to watch, send it our way to info at Colton Classic Films dot com or on our instagram at Carlton classic films but it's great because we had very very strong opinions about mcmurderer and uh after those opinions were set into stone mentally jeff did not watch the first feature so he was not present on our last watch of attack of the scarecrow from mars to his his loss uh but he agreed to come back at the request of filmmaker janice stockley to talk about this new feature of fish piss so <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get into this <clears throat> um first i just want to say so those of you if you haven't listened to the episode on attack and scare from mars go back and listen to it i think it's a good one uh but we really talked a lot about the visual style of janice Stockley. um janice Stockley does a lot of really cool visual effects with his films he films uh on vhs I believe and then uses lots of distortion and magnets uh while transferring vhs uh tapes and edits to make a really unique looking film it's sort of like how everybody was into those toy cameras again and they were selling them at urban outfitters and stuff those cheap 60s and 70s cameras where light would get in and it would distort the film it's like that like it's got lots of color distortion some blurriness uh occasional subtitles occasional like stop start plays recorded on from other machines which is super delightful uh, it's really bizarre, very much an art house effect with a very different kind of not common art house film. I feel like when you talk about art house genre films, like horror films or science fiction films, usually there's 
it, they're really slow and it's a case of visuals over either like an extreme gore fest uh all uh something like uh, a lot of unearthed films collections who we uh appreciate here on called the classic films podcast or it's a comedy or like a really esoteric like message film where you're like i don't know what that meant but there's whispers over photos of slow motion clouds Janice click films or nothing like that except that they are visually bizarre and the content the actual like plot and characters are like down dirty cussing distorted fuzzy grizzled um just these are these are fever dreams these are these yeah, are like fever the dreams weird, that's a brilliant the weird dreams that you have where yes. there's like color distortion like you can't quite make out what people are saying sometimes but you know you, you know what you feel this, these are yes their 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 style to me is you feel something and uh, I know ex- what Jeff yes. feels. I know what Jeff feels an- when he watches these movies. <laughs> we'll get there. It's an experience and not just a story that you understand from like a, a lot, like a plot A to B level. Like there, there is a plot. And I will say that I think Fish Piss is the most um, A to Z. Uh, prosaic's not really the right word because that sounds negative, but it's the most clear plot of Janice Clicks films so far. Like, I think if you're watch, if you watch the whole thing, you'd be hard pressed not to understand at least most of what's occurring from scene to scene. Whereas in Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars, there were moments where delightfully so, but like you just I don't know what's happening. Like if if you if you didn't watch that yet, first off, go watch it. You can still pick it up uh, from Dark Hollow uh, video. But also it was about a scarecrow from Mars whose family was killed by a guy and so he stole the guy's kid and then tormented the guy and his friends on earth until the friend i mean until the guy got his kid back and and that sounds sort of like oh an alien abduction and then he gets his kid back yeah that's that's really that's not a spoil for the movie the movie itself is so bonkers banana to watch um that it sounds like you'd understand it but you might not fish piss you may not know why things are happening but i do think it's clear for the most part what is happening so let's get into the actual plot briefly here before we move to actual uh specific examples of things to talk about i say briefly because the plot is both easy and impossible to describe because the pacing and the choice of of scenes is just as always super bonkers the movie stars uh, a man who seems to be going crazy his friends are worried about him uh, but he loves broccoli. His friend plays a videotape, uh, which is a scene starring uh, a podcast fiend, uh, a friend of the pod, Adam Thorne, from Riot at the Movies and Terrible Fest, a great film festival. He says that green is not natural and broccoli is not natural and the government is controlling us through green. At which point the lead character gets mad, kills his friend, and drinks like a jar of what he says is his grandfather's collection of fish piss. And he said he had to jerk off, what, like a thousand fish for this jar of fish. fish. I had a jerk off a thousand fish for this jar of fish piss. So he drinks it. And then he starts seeing his friend, Broccoli, Broccoli Rock, Broccoli Rob, Broccoli Guy. Uh, and, And he tells him basically that he should have a luck. And it goes, I mean, I can't even... That's just the opening moments, really, the opening 10 minutes. And then we just get scenes where this guy is driven to kill people and feed them to this weird Kappa-esque fish monster in this nearby pond in order to get fish piss because he's, like, addicted. Uh, And it goes more and more until he's more and more insane and he doesn't want to do it anymore, but he's clearly an addict and it's just bonkers until, and this is, I won't spoil the very end, but it has this nonsensical super 80s twist at the ending which again like an 80s movie per se it doesn't necessarily make the twist doesn't make sense it's just like a aha sting but you're like wait i can't think about that for two seconds otherwise i won't get it but it's very nightmare on elm street friday the 13th uh you know uh perhaps even more so like grandmother's house like that kind of thing where if you've seen any of those movies you get to the end you think it's resolved and then there's one more beat that you're like oh no but it's all in good fun it doesn't make any sense um there's fake boobs 
there are and not like implants like breastplates um lots of fish pee pee talk lots of fish mimed masturbation uh lots of bearded men screaming at the screen it is it is wild it is wild uh i let's just move in let's just talk here um okay so tad let's go first what were you expecting when you sat down for fish piss versus what did you actually get i expected a janice.click film and i was uh, not only was i um pleasantly surprised that they haven't lost their touch but the word you're looking for nathan is coherent this is the most coherent out of yes. all of their stuff so far, which means that from a narrative perspective, they're improving. And I'm not sure how that's going to play out for them in the future, because, you know, what happens is you get better at something and then you sell out. Don't sell out, Janice.click. Don't do it. I, is... Well, the movie's called Fish Piss. I'm not sure that's going to happen. No, I know. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it, it's just one of those things like, you know, you get better at your craft. And you start improving and then things get a little more complex. And oh my God, is that Greg Johnson? It is Greg. We are Oh joined, my God, that's Greg Johnson. We are joined by Greg Johnson. This is wonderful. Greg was with us on uh, Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars. Fucking off the top intrigued. ropes. Totally. So this is exciting. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this movie. Uh, <laughs> Greg, we just, we just summarized the film for the audience very, very roughly. Uh, and Tad was giving us the expectation. It sounds, Tad, like you expected a Janice.Click film, and you got a slightly more coherent I got narrative. It more, it's more coherent. The music, I was actually really impressed. They they really kind of went all out on the sound design. Like, the, the music was really good. Mm -hmm. The acting has improved significantly. Like, the main character is raving and coherent, but at the same time, like, I do like the allegory of, like, getting some getting hooked on something and getting to the you know you need a little bit more the withdrawals the it, that that's pretty decent i mean it's it's not rocket science to figure out how to how to write a plot like that but at the same time it's not mcmurderer where mcmurderer it's just a spectacle but this oh like the acting sounds better the visuals are just as fucking batches i would expect and never mind that um at the same time, I never feel like I can actually fully see what the hell's going on. And it makes it even better because it doesn't uh -huh. matter how good or bad people can act. Because when everything is so distorted, you don't notice and care. And that's one of the things I love about how they do these films. That's why I, I, I'm just hooked on these films every single time. Mm -hmm. I get so excited. I, I, I totally get that. I, I love that you said you can't really see like things. And at the same time it's it's not necessarily a negative thing for example uh a recent hit and very controversial hit among the yeah. indie horror set was um skinnamarink the the film that it actually was in theaters briefly um and i believe it's streaming on shutter uh or or ifc anyway it's streaming and it's out there and i believe you can even purchase it now on physical media but it's you never see actual people for the most part, I guess you do a couple of times, but most of the film is like, uh, again, it's the corner of a wall in really bad, dark, like it's just the corner of rooms, the floor, shadows, and the whole film is like that. And whether you like it or not, it does create, it evokes an emotional re reaction, right? We kind of have this unnerved sense because we can't fully comprehend, we don't have all of the data. And the the visual fidelity, the lo-fi vibe of this movie and Jan Dyckwick's work in general really does work in his favor, I think. It for really me. does. It's one of those things like if you're like think think back, Nate, us in high school and all that. If we put massive distortion and a whole bunch of visual effects on top of basically just rolling around on the ground, which we did a lot, we did a lot of that. Mm -hmm. It changes the dynamic of the movie entirely because you're you're so assaulted by all those senses at the same time that you realize that you don't care about how bad the acting is. Like just, just getting <laughs> that would hit definitely helps us a lot. Getting hit in the face with a wiffle ball bat with a bunch of colors and distortion is a lot different from just raw footage of someone getting hit in the face with a wiffle bat. It's true. I mean, I think back to Tad when you and I talked about Psycho Santa, when there's there's the scene where um the killer kills like a a robber with one of those big fake plastic um 
peppermint sticks yes candy canes yes. there you go and like and it goes to like this really blown out like inverted color red and green thing and it, it actually works to the benefit because we know they didn't have the budget to legitimately do a good you know like <laughs> head gouging gouging or something so instead it kind of just gave this insane otherworldly vibe okay so uh we know off that that janice.click fans will probably be happy with what we got what i love here is those of you who are watching on youtube uh, once this is uploaded but i'll describe it to you jeff he's only visible from like the, the bridge of his nose up right now and i think it's by choice it's like he's trying to dodge out of this jeff what were you expecting from fish piss since this is your first experience with a feature length it's about an hour a feature length um <laughs> uh janice.click film uh, since your last experience had been with McMurder, which I think you said when we liked it, I think you said, I'm glad you guys, en guys enjoy it. I think you're fucking crazy. I think that might be a direct <laughs> quote. Mm -hmm. Well, what I expected is I was expecting to lose even more respect for my friends when we started to discuss this, and it didn't disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody, you know, everybody who's gone to high school, you know, everybody you knew at the time was a moron. And so you you kind of like you look back when you grow you grow up a little bit more and more and more you look like wow which one was which which of my friends from high schools were truly morons I now know for sure that my friends from high school <laughs> were morons <laughs> and still I, in other words confirming what I thought which is Jeff never had respect for us in the first place I'm I'm holding up my personalized VHS copy of this film from Janice Stockflick himself. Well, yeah. Um, and and this is before I move on, I do want to read this to to all of you listeners. This is the actual um teaser on the back of the VHS of the film. So in case in case my insanely rambling summary wasn't helpful, let's go with this. Uh <clears throat> fish piss. The dramatic reading. Fish piss. John Chips is a simple man that loves to fish until one day his love is put to the ultimate test. John is forced to rub and tug a giant fish monster in order to get his daily fish piss fix. Fish piss gives John superhuman strength, but at what cost? It's a story as old as time itself. Jerking off giant fish to get ahead in life doesn't always come easy for everyone. Don't forget to eat your broccoli either. Featuring exclusive music by David Liebhart. Yes. I'm glad that you okay. reread the back because <laughs> I had forgotten what Fish Piss actually did partway through the film. And I was like, <laughs> is it like a sexual aphrodisiac? Is it a hallucinogenic? Do I... they just sprinkle it on stuff and it kind of adds like a <laughs> zest? I I honestly didn't really know about the superhuman strength because he really doesn't need it to do any of the murders that he does. Although that's not true. He does pull his friend's head off after hitting him with like a, a half-life style wrench, um, <laughs> which is great because the effects, this is the thing. Listeners out there, when you want to make your low budget films, um, put in the effort, even if it's not going to be photorealistic, it's going to be entertaining to the audience. This is like, I don't know if it's like a styrofoam um, a wig head that's been covered in like red paint and gook. I don't know what exactly it is that they're using, but it's delightful and it shows up several times and it just gives it more interest uh, than if you just had somebody die off screen or 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 just like, a, you know, just the psycho blade going into space and we just assume it's hitting a body like those are all neat tricks. Uh, but having some ridiculous gore that is just so clearly fake, but treated on screen as if it's real. That's some that's some early Polonia Brothers magic. And they did that here. Which um, which directing uh, group or individual would you say is famous for using fake um, like upper bodies, like specifically of women, um, for the the lady in the lake, as it were? Because th those were yeah. those were fake, right? Those were like those like yes. those porn body ones, plate. yeah, it was yeah, breastplate, yeah, like um, like the kind of thing that that a, a drag queen might wear if they want to balance out their body and they have the money for it. It's like you know, it's, it's usually their bib they call it. Like it, it either buckles or goes over the head and it's rubber in front. And yes, so the end of, this isn't the final stinger, but the end of the film, uh, our hero, hero, anti-hero, I don't know what you would call him. Our protagonist, John Chips. Uh, I didn't actually know his name. I love it. Fish and Chips. Beautiful. No, yet more levels to peel in this uh, fragrant onion. Uh, so <laughs> John Chips is being killed by uh, the fish monster, which I'll talk about in a second. 
Uh, and then there is a, a siren's call from uh, across the pond. And it is another fish monster who bears her rubber breasts and, uh, and calls. And the fish monster runs off to her. And John Chips tells us that's the last of them that he's ever seen. Uh, and it is, it is a magic moment. Because, Tad, I believe you watched Dead, Dead, Al uh, Dead or Alive with me, the Takashi Miike film at one point. I'm not sure if you did or not. But it's a brilliant, it, it reminded me of this because Takashi Miike is a fantastic, uh, amazing cult filmmaker. Uh, he's actually yeah. quite, he's not even cult in Japan. He's very successful, very popular, does all sorts of genres. But he did a trilogy, the Dead or Alive trilogy, where the same actors played different characters and different stories. But the first one is this great, gritty, Tarantino-esque, super flashy Yakuza versus cop flick. And it's so, like, gritty and intense and, and sort of like a hyper-stylized stylized realness. And then they finally have the final face-off, you know, that spike in the enemy and Cowboy Bebop moment. They're just one-on-one. -on -one. And then they start powering up Dragon Ball Z like spirit bombs, like balls of power. It is insane. You just, you realize that it has gone so far beyond reality that the ending of the film can be nothing but this insane visual metaphor for ultimate destruction. And it's it's out there. It's totally out there, out of the blue. Like it gives you a message that sort of, it's almost trolling you as the viewer, right? Like you're like, do you get it yet? Do you get it yet? Um, and this is that moment because it comes out of nowhere. We've never we never see the lady fish monster before this, and we don't see her after this moment. Um, but we do know that she is horny, and the other fish monster decides that uh, he would rather uh, have sex than kill this uh, addicted man. Wait, 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 so, wait! Are, what you're actually saying is the fish monster would rather go have sex than get jerked off by a random dude. By a junkie, yes. Yes, by an I mean, ugly that, junkie. That makes sense. I think that makes and, sense. And, and, frankly, and, 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 now, um, now that you mention it, because holy shit, I haven't. We, it's been like what twenty years. Why yeah. haven't we re-reviewed that movie? Well, um, we'll have to do that. Um, John is played, by the way, by Kyle Reese, uh, and he, as Tad said, Greg, an ugly junkie. He's just he becomes more disheveled as the film goes on. Well, uh, also, doesn't the doesn't the fish specifically like like oh you're too ugly you're yes like, he come does. back He's pretty like, or whatever <laughs> yeah and we don't know we don't understand that until john says it himself he's talking to his who it's funny we assume that brock his broccoli friend uh which again we will get to as, as well as the fish monster there's so much to unpack here his broccoli friend uh is like he's there and he helps him like dispose of bodies but then he's also clearly supposed to not be there like he's a part of his brain you just don't know uh is it part of the fish piss is it not part of the fish piss is he just crazy is this guy actually real um we assume he's real to some extent uh maybe not in his you know maybe he's not really visiting this guy but he's played on a videotape uh near the beginning of the film before the first murder before john drinks fish piss and he does what is impossible not to say is my favorite part of the film. Uh, it's sort of like the corncob sex scene in uh, Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars, which, by the way, folks, it's not people having sex with each other with corncobs. It's two corncobs having sex. Okay. If you can't picture that, just go pick up Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars from Dark Horror Video. Okay. So this music video is. Ooh, is put on uh, the VHS, the VCR player, uh, in John's basement, which he seems to be painting the, the plastic-covered walls of. He's, there's no paint, but that's what he seems to be doing. When uh, his friend comes in, is like, we're worried about you, bro. And he's like, shut up, take a beer, I'm gonna blah, blah, blah. And he's like, gonna put this on, this is good shit, this is the real shit. And we get a music video with uh, Steven Reifsteck uh, <laughs> himself, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, who also plays the fish monster doing the broccoli rock uh which is a this hip-hop music video song about how great broccoli is and the lyrics i believe at one point are something along the lines of um uh kiss my ass suck my cock i'm gonna do the broccoli rock uh it's and it it's fantastic i mean i don't know how to explain i don't have the hip-hop chops to rock <laughs> this but um uh 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 an oddball filmmaker from Missouri doing this like hip hop remix of why broccoli rocks at, with all these 
insane suggestions it's pretty it's uh i feel like it's like that uh that show me your genitals that uh youtube video yeah i think it's actually better than that but i agree it has a very similar (laughs) vibe like uh yeah it's it's it is it's the kind of thing like a youtube video from 1999 that your friend sends you out of the blue like for your birthday and you're like what is this a threat what is this um yeah it's really great and we get that and that's when and that's of course after the fact when uh john's friend is like i gotta help him out this is gonna straighten him out and he puts on a different tape which is adam thorne as we already discussed uh talking about how green is not natural and it's evil i first off i'm just gonna say this uh janice click we know each other you know who i am uh i want a part in one of your films so let's let it this is gonna happen um i'm gonna be i'm gonna be in one of these films this is gonna happen i'm forcing it on you um i i i'm it's it's there it's done it's gonna happen well uh, i mean jeff was already in this one i don't know if you noticed um but there's this like right after the movie i guess ends before it goes into the the meta film um there's like kind of a flashing screen and i'm pretty sure you can see someone's face in the background screaming and i was like oh there's there's jeff enjoying (laughs) enjoying this film um actual actual footage of jeff's screening process <laughs> um, um which I, I have to ask um and jeff i think you'll appreciate this the most the film it doesn't repeat anything right like there's no part where it loops back nope okay so Not to my knowledge i, I paused this because i started it in the morning and then had to do some remote work came back to it and i was like i've seen this scene before and i was i was positive that like oh it's just some janice.click shit like they're just they're looping it they're like redoing the movie <laughs> we're just looping the movie and i'm like okay okay cool like, let's see like what happened and then i realized oh no you know what i did i accidentally clicked back a little further on my on my little youtube bar and i was like oh okay so it wasn't it wasn't some avant-garde crazy thing that i'm just gonna kind of i was like no but the fact that i just immediately was like yep all right, we're 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 rewatching the movie. It. Here we go. We're going. Well, here's what I love is that I you and Jeff. Maybe this is where you fall off the bandwagon for for this. <laughs> is you kind of have to just give yourself it. over. Yeah. <laughs> at least the friendship bandwagon. <laughs> you kind of have to just fully give yourself into the movie and just trust that whatever you're going to be shown is going to end at some point and then you can have a you can look back and go how did i feel during this process and how do i feel now and that's sort of the the, the vibe you get um because called, it's called I, think, I think that's how i think that's how people uh, are supposed to process trauma nate <laughs> it's also, sort of, it's, you just accept note, that it's gonna end jeffrey <laughs> hasn't actually told us what he felt about the movie he just called us morons and then he stopped oh i thought it was implied was that I, not I, implied? My, my, tiny, my tiny moron brain cannot comprehend. Yeah, we're too stupid, nuances. Jeff. Please, please, please tell us what tell. you thought of this movie. No, so, so let's compare it to McMurderer, right? McMurderer, as Tad, as you said, it's a spectacle. The plot does not read very clearly. Like at the beginning, there's a clown and who's uh, there's Ronald McDonald essentially, the and he kills clown. himself. And he kills himself after ranting and raving in a McDonald's. And then uh, we assume his son later is sad and he masturbates over a spilled thing of French fries, which raises his dad into a new yellow McMurderer body. And it's a full yellow bodysuit, at which point he just kind of runs around. I think he kills someone. I don't remember. And then him and his son have like a nice thereafter, uh, if I remember correctly. That's that. So the, the narrative plot is not. You would not see that coming. Let's just say that. There's no there's no <laughs> understanding of the arc to follow that. Whereas Fish Piss does have an arc, right? Like a guy descends into madness. Eventually, he tries to pull himself out. Uh, it's almost like Christian. <laughs> it is very... So, okay, let's talk about the monster. Uh, so it's another color bodysuit, this time green, with this perfectly color-matched fish mask with like these yellow lips and yellow eyes. And it looks like, and I mentioned this, it's very much uh, like a simplified kappa from Japanese mythology, how they're often represented with like little little toothy mouths, little green pot-bellied creatures uh, that, that eat cucumbers, which is sometimes a euphemism for uh, phallic things. And But they, they're mischievous creatures and they live in the water. I'm sure other people could, could give you much more information about kappas, but very pre- prevalent in uh, Japanese mythology, at least contemporary contemporary understanding of of ancient 
I was I was here for the monster. It felt like the something out of great. like like it's 10 p.m. It's like the first year of Adult Swim, and you just turn yes. it on, and and you're like, I don't know what the fuck this is. This isn't Space Ghost, but all right, <laughs> let's let's try it. Totally, totally. Like, and here's the thing that actually kind of blew me away. Much like when we talked about um, Fleischwolf, uh, which is you know a, a, another filmmaking group that uh, is in this in this sort of Missouri creative area, right? They did the faux documentary called Fleischwolf about a monster and a religious cult, etc. There are a couple of moments in that movie, despite being so low budget, they're actually very freaky, like surveillance footage of like a naked figure like rummaging on a porch and running through the streets, that kind of thing. This has a moment that is legitimately eerie. When we first see the creature coming out of the water, it's it's so ev evocative and recalls the creature from the Black Lagoon's first full appearance, right? When he steps out of the water. Like, it's just very accurate. And the lo-fi, just faded, drained almost color that hits in that first moment when he steps out, it's really unnerving because the mask is weird. Like, I don't know what company made that mask um or or what what the the thought process was with that mask because it's obviously supposed to be a fish but let me tell you something that is not a normal like fish thing uh but it's a delight and i absolutely loved it but that was a freaky moment and i was like oh this is actually legitimately eerie in this moment before it goes back to being like the world's most disturbing uh hallucinatory comedy um because 15 okay. minutes later the monster and john end up in a like a fucking like lazy ass fist fight or wrestling match and they're both like insulting each other on their backs like rolling around like fuck you fuck you is that where sometimes the, he's trying to rip off his dick or is that a yeah. different fight okay <laughs> well there's there's a couple and they it's take a lot place of fights the same they take place in the same spot um the 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 essentially the boat dock the boat launch and um and we get yeah he's trying to pull off his penis i think that's the end is is before he's about to pull off his penis and then he runs to meet the the lady monster and i guess i appreciate that we don't really see john uh wank the fish monster um i was a little surprised that we didn't uh but i also want to give a big shout out to the billy bass cameo uh that we get a couple oh, of times God, yeah uh the i don't know if it's really a billy bass or a billy bass uh, uh extended Knockout. family but but yes it's it's a it's a moment uh he gets his own shot several times it's uh awesome. like sitting in a chair jeff it's, is literally it's, dying it's right now. It, it's actually pretty creative because those things are freaky on their own add a little are. effects on top of it and it's downright creepy yeah um and i like the little thing we get information in this movie in a way that actually is very it's a very nuanced like for example we get I'm trying to think of what movie i just watched a big budget film oh okay so i watched 65 the movie that recently came out with uh, adam driver um it's from the two writers of the screenplay of a quiet place not john krasinski the other two and it's it was a popcorn movie you know i have nothing against that genre however it is both it is loaded with exposition i mean anytime you have a movie that relies on a uh, written dot text at the beginning of the film to set you up you know it's not i mean that's not always a bad thing sometimes you just have to accept it you know like i love valerian and there's a lot of exposition in that movie but oh, but the exposition in in fish Pist is always delivered sort of in world uh, in a way that is actually kind of advanced for a, a film structure script like we get this information when John is talking to his possibly hallucination friend, Broccoli, uh, Broccoli guy, Broccoli Rob, whatever, uh, Broccoli, who is, and he's he's got another corpse. We haven't seen him kill this man. We don't really know who this guy is, um, but he's skinning him because he says, and he's like, he's like, he wants the skin off. He doesn't want the skin. And he's like pulling, like supposedly hacking off the skin off this dead body for the fish monster. And he's really irritated about it. But that's how we get the information that the monster is giving more and more complicated demands and isn't necessarily providing him with what he wants. And like, it could have been like, the, the more simple way would have been to have like, after their first fight where they roll out of the grass, the monster be like, you know, bring me more people, this time no skin. But we don't see that. We see it sort of in action. Uh, and and he's talking to the character and it's it's realistic because this guy does 
bitch the whole time. I mean, I know he's being preyed upon by like potentially supernatural forces and addiction, but he also bitches the whole time. Um, and and so it makes sense that he would be bitching and moaning about this, even if it's just to himself in his basement. So no, I, okay. So we talked about the monster. Uh, the female monster is the green monster with a breastplate. And we talked about the music video, which is brilliant. There's also, so Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars, it did have some some really strikingly cool visuals, like, because I went back and rewatched it. And because Mandy, who couldn't make it here today, but she watched Fish Piss, and she said, I believe she enjoyed it, but she did say that she liked Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars better. And I had the opposite initial reaction. Although I really liked that film, I like Fish Piss better. But I, so I went back to watch Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars, and there is... I think a heightened level of insane imagery. Like there's the child that has been taken is like really just a, a person in like this terrifying baby mask that looks like an old man. Um, it looks like like a nightmare version of Father Time from an old cartoon with the you know New Year sash like bursting in. But we get his monstrous <laughs> masked face like superimposed over the bright sky at certain points. We have random shots in that other movie of the alien holding a baby doll up to the camera and then punching it in the head as if to show, look what I'm doing to your kid, fool. Uh, <laughs> like there's more insanity in that per se uh, or or craziness in the visual presentation. Whereas Fish Fist does have perhaps less of that. The visuals are no less striking, but they're more, the, the, the focus is on the narrative, right? Like we're we're supposed to be experiencing what this guy is experiencing to a certain extent. And so I can see where you would prefer one or the other uh, and yet still enjoy them both. But I think this one is a bit more uh, narratively sound than Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars without jumping too far into the normal category like this is not this is not david lynch's uh emmy attempt right like this is not a a quote-unquote normal movie made by a, an avant-garde filmmaker this is an avant-garde film that just so happens to be slightly more normal than uh his previous attempt and it's there there are certain pieces of this movie that hit different for people of our age because one of the things i loved is the the that feeling you know the interludes where it's uh -huh. kind of just like cable tv like old well either cable oh, tv or satellite yes. tv it's really it's old satellite tv and i had that when i was young not everybody had that and not everybody understands what it's like when you're like seven eight years old trying to flip through the four channels that you have of satellite tv and one of them is just the local like you know before the internet it's like when when your local um town needs to make announcements there's just that one satellite channel for them yeah. and it's it's just text and like here's the calendar here's the, and it's it's a it's a weird thing because in this movie you expect everything to kind of be off the wall and freaky and it's just kind of wholesome in the middle just a nice wholesome interlude of just like ah, oh, i remember the 90s that was fun yeah it feels like this was taped off the tv at a point right because we get this section that is literally just a couple of commercials like someone's or someone's flipping back and forth between like a local news station and a an insanely delightful like royalty-free 3d animated um uh, like the the fish monster who killed or night of the fish monster some fish man something like that like a very parallel story to fish piss but like if fish piss was a remake like if this was the 50s version um or the 80s version really we get like this comically like large-breasted 3d animated lady like jogging with her you know that that old school animation where her feet are like uh, uh three in screen inches above the actual ground you know um like like early playstation 2 late playstation 1 graphics um and she's being chased by this fish man so we get this really fun little bits um and like you said sort of wholesome like it feels this feels like a tape that you found or someone gave you it's um, it's like a, it's like in it's like uh in grade school where we had this like mm -hmm. you'd be what you you just get like the regular local news and then you could flip a channel and the next thing you know you're watching the incredible melting man on Monster Vision. Right. Oh, Monster Vision. Um, <laughs> oh, the old days, TNT. I, I'm, I'm reliving those recently. But yeah, so it's that's fun. I like that. 
Greg, we didn't really get to. So you you've seen uh, Genestar Clicks movie before this and Fish Piss. What are you? What were you expecting from this one? What did you get? How did it differ? Go from there. I mean, I thought it would be um, like truly incoherent, like we were talking about with McMurder. Um, where it's just it's almost a series of vignettes and you're trying to piece it together and you're just kind mm-hmm. of like like you redescribing the plot. I'm like, I don't fucking remember any of that. Like, <laughs> I remember <laughs> yeah. I remember the feeling. I don't remember the yes, the actual uh, film. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, um, you know, I was thinking about what what's the difference between this and McMurder. If I accidentally sent this movie like um, Fish Piss to like, I don't know, my mother, I'd be like, you know what, like, hey, like, whatever, um, yeah, it was this funny thing my buddy sent me, like, it's kind of gross, whatever, whatever, if I actually sent, like, McMurder to my mother, I'd be like, actually, my email was hacked, um, and I've actually never, I've actually never used the internet in my life, I don't know what the fuck that is, and I actually don't know you, <laughs> block, and, like, <laughs> so. Oh, so, so funny, so true, yeah, this is, and it's weird because it sounds sort of like this feels neutered, but it doesn't. It's just a different, it's a different story. I think right? it's like, a, I think, I think it's a movie. I mean, yeah, murder yeah. was, was this wild thing. I don't, I don't know if you, calling it a movie is fair to it or to movies, <laughs> but um, I think, I think this, I could be like, yeah, this is a short film. There's yeah. a beginning, yes. there's a middle, there's an end, there's conflict, there's protagonists, there's antagonists, there's themes, there's there's things happening, and I could I could explain the narrative to you very easily. I that makes that's a good way to say it. And I think, you know, we've we've talked a bit about this movie. This just like because I think Greg, I think correct me if I'm wrong, I think you watched Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars with us before you watched McMurderer. And yeah, um, that sounds right. Yeah. And and uh, it is. How do I say this? I think that you can't until you see a Janice Doc Click film, you just don't really understand what we're saying because we don't have a great context to be able to put it in. Because, like you said, even with this, that is a movie, it's not. Its genre is sort of undefinable. It's a horror comedy art house experience, right? Like this is, it's more about the, as, as we continue to talk, it's more about the vibe that the movie gives you than, than the actual narrative construct. And that way it's very much European sensibility. I know that's very broad, but it is true. Uh, in the US, we're very commercially driven about our film, um, which is not always a bad thing. I sometimes just want something that has a beginning, middle, and end, right? But if you're willing to sort of go with the flow and just be a little, it requires a little bit of self-reflection, right? Cause you actually do have to think like, what did I think of that? <laughs> you know, like, but I have to say, I, and, and Jeff very, very possibly will disagree. But once I started watching it, just like Someone? when I started watching Attack of the Scarecrow, I'm, I, I know I'm not going to stop. And, and that's saying something because there's much less of it in this film, even though it's a little longer than in Attack of the Scarecrow of Mars, but there are stretches of people walking, people loading a boat in the dock. Like, but the difference is, is and Tad kind of got to this, everything seems intentional in its chaotic messiness. Like there's stuff to look at. There's a unique perspective uh, with the distortions on the film at any given time to make you sort of hold and keep watching. Uh, and because some terrible movies you keep watching and nothing occurs right james newyan like we've all been there you you're driving a car for like four hours and we're watching every second of it great um we learn not to trust that but once you give your trust to it uh to a filmmaker's movie and they they actually reward you things do happen even if they're confusing or or sometimes nonsensical then you're like okay i trust this and i'll just watch them all and and that's janice dockley he delivers a product that if if you connect with it, if you let yourself just sink in, you'll continue to watch them and you're not going to be so, but I do prep myself, right? Like I never quite know what I'm getting into. Um, like it's, it could have been, it could have been an hour of like a, a fake fish penis, like ejaculating into a bowl. I don't know. Like, I really don't know what to expect. And it does that sort of fear level does sort of, make it all the more interesting to me 
Yeah, I mean, I I think it's um, it's a little more approachable than maybe we we pitch it to be. It again, like yeah. these, they're they're absurd, but they're they're not. Um, Janice that click films are not. Um, I feel like like they border between not safe for work and right. like and okay like like i like i wouldn't yeah. take my headphones out to watch it at work but <laughs> but i would i might watch it at work so yes i i very much get that and that is that's accurate like everything the thing about a janice click film that i will say is even when it's bizarre or uncomfortable everyone's in on the joke i never feel like there are plenty of movies in the underground low budget film world that I have stacked on the Colton Classic shelves here, where I'm like, I don't. What, did some of these people know they're in a movie? Like, am I am I okay with this? Like, is this like you know the the Saw version of Borat? Like, what is what am I watching here? Um, and and this is these are never that. Um, it is clearly a collective of people that enjoy making these insane projects, and I enjoy consuming them. I like it, uh, and it is weird. But that doesn't mean that I think it actually makes it more fascinating for this sort of critical analysis, because there's a lot more to talk about in a movie like this than, for example, 65. And again, I'm not trying to shit on 65. I mean, I stayed there for the whole thing. It was fine. But it's, you know, that movie has a clear goal. Entertain people with dinosaurs. Entertain people who like Adam Driver. There you go. This movie, the goals are very much more the film's goals. It's not for you. It's not for the viewer. It's not for any of that stuff. The film is the thing and it's for itself. And if you enjoy that, then the film's like, great, good for you. But uh, the filmmaker had an idea. He made the film. There you go. I feel like Janice.Click movies are a reverse palate cleanser. Like you've, <laughs> you've consumed- A palate all- dirtier. Yeah, like you consumed all like so just um like two day, what two days ago I saw the Mario movie in films, which I loved. Um mm-hmm. and that it's a very it's a safe movie. It's good and right. it's and it's safe and you know it's I don't think it's gonna it's not gonna shock your senses in, in what yeah. in the choices it makes. And mm-hmm. so to come from like that to this, I'm just like <laughs> all over the fucking place on whatever I choose to watch next. Yeah, that's really, you know, so, so I, I, I'm i not prepared to talk about it here, but we will talk about it in the future on this podcast. But uh, a good friend, personal friend and friend of the pod, uh, uh, drag legend Heclina, um, passed away this last week as we record this. And um, it's been devastating. But Heclina said this recently. In fact, the last time I saw her, which was just a couple of weeks ago, she said about drag, I miss the feeling that drag is dangerous. Like it's great that it's accepted and blah, blah, blah. But I do miss that moment when it's dangerous. And I think we all have that element, like, you know, love like Tad and I love punk music, right? And there was a moment when it really was, even before us, you know, when it was kind of dangerous. And now, I mean, you can, you, the Sex Pistols play on the radio, right? Like, I mean, it's just not, it's not the same. Uh, and to, so I understand that draw. And Janice Click movies are like that, that ultra low budget underground thing that is exactly what you said, Greg, it, it pushes you off your, off your balance a little bit. And that's nice. Sometimes that, that makes you feel alive because we're used to seeing things. Like I also saw the super Mario brothers movie and I enjoyed it as well, but safe is the perfect word for it. It hit all the beats that it needed to hit. And it was great for kids, fun for people who love the super Mario mythos and the video games. There you go. That's what it was. It didn't do anything shocking. I at no point in time was I on the edge of my seat. Jack Black was great as Bowser. You know, like these things, but we expect these things. And it gave us what I expected and not more. And Genestock Click, I cannot predict what it will be. And that is exciting. Um, so I think we can move on to recommendations. Let's I'll start, of course. Yes, I recommend Fish Fist. Is it going to be for everyone? No. Is it the easiest introduction, as Greg said, to a Janistock Click film? Absolutely. Because it is a movie. You'll understand it pretty much from beginning to end. And even if you find it nonsensical, the stinger surprise bit at the end is very in keeping with classic 80s horror schlock cinema. Uh, so I recommend it. But again, if if you don't want anything weird, first off, I don't know why you listen to this podcast. It's called Cult and Classic Films. Like, you know, at least 50% of it is going to be weird. 
so I have a feeling you're into it. Give it a shot. If you haven't done any of them because you're not sure you want to, this is the best place to enter at this moment. It's sort of like how, you know, the elephant man is the good entry into um, David Lynch films, right? Because it's the most approachable. Jeff, let's go to you. Would you recommend Janice Duckley's movie Fish Piss? And if so, why and to who? Oh, I'm going second. Okay. Uh, no, I would I would not recommend this. I I literally like I'm I'm just at awe every time we talk about one of these things. The <laughs> the word using words like striking is like is just an affront to the dictionary. I mean, come <laughs> the fuck on. Like you cannot use that word with any frame of this film. Like, come the fuck on. It is not striking. There's nothing there that you're going to look and be like, you're going to be shook to your core and be like, oh, that's an interesting thing to look at. It's not going to happen. <laughs> There's no wit in the dialogue. There's nothing that's going to be said that's going to be interesting. All this is is a rehash of garbage done even worse. And like somehow they've been discussing this in which you take <laughs> garbage and then you mash it up into something that's like less recognizable than the previous thing of garbage. And you're like, oh, this is a new thing. No, it's not. <laughs> this is garbage. Using the words avant-garde on this podcast related to this content is disgusting absolutely disgusting people like who like you'd actually compare like avant-garde things like john cage did like uh you know a theater piece where there's like a minute and 20 seconds of just silence oh and breath it's, and it's, right it's a it's an intellectual piece of you're not listening to any music or any sound or anything except for the other people in the audience there's an there's an element to of it of wit I don't particularly think that many people are going and listening to John Cage's music for joy because it's not enjoyable. It's it like this movie is not enjoyable to watch, but there's an element of wit and intellectual bit that makes people rethink what art is. There's nothing that you're <laughs> you're learning from this to say, oh, there's a better piece of artwork uh, that this is leading to. There isn't. <laughs> this is just really just a bunch of the same kind of visuals we've seen monsters before we've seen uh people who are crazy in a padded room before we've seen literally everything that's in this just in you know another format that was probably well thought out nothing in this film took more than five minutes to plan and film if it did so i would be shocked <laughs> so so uh, so, so here's, here's, so I went to art school. Okay. I do, I do have a visual arts degree. Um, I will say, I, I, I understand the idea of wit with some sort of modern attempt at art that is essentially teasing the reader, like John Cage's resting moments, uh, is people will say it does have sort of a joke quality to it, but I'm going to argue that the reason why I hate that crap is because the joke is on the audience, which is what trolling is, right? Um, which is fine, but a troll needs to know they're a troll. They're not a trailblazer, they're a troll. And it's essentially a practical joke. And that's actually we, not we what it was about, but okay. <laughs> I think you missed the point I, of that one. I also went to art classes for for specifically this uh this particular stuff. I, I understand the intellectualization of it. I yeah. don't buy it. Um, so I, so I get that, but I don't buy it. I also, I understand what you're saying. I mean, even a fish monster trying to rip off a penis. I mean, Jerry O'Connell got his penis bitten off in Alexander Aha's remake of, uh, of Piranhas. And I will say this, I think I've shared this on the pod before, but why not? Uh, my wife did meet Jerry O'Connell at a, at a theater uh, benefit and, and said, I was so sorry that they ate your penis. And his response was... <laughs> You know they didn't really eat my penis, as though she had just literally caught. So anyway, um, <clears throat> so I get what you're saying. I will say this though: I 
anybody who knows of a movie where a man drinks a j mason jar of fish pee pee, that is a new one for me. I will give you that that is a new one. I really don't know. Have you seen Fear Factor? Next. There's literally Fear Factor episode where they drank donkey urine. <laughs> I, I, there's there's no way this thing, stuff has been in, done unless, before. Just replace donkey with fish. <laughs> unless there's an a, unless there's an aquatic donkey, my point stands. Um, so, but okay. So, but but I think the difference is is that because you could make that claim right about anything. It's all that that's such a common claim nowadays. Is everything's already been done. I, I you hear that all the time from students in an MFA, which always drove me bonkers because I'm like, so do it better, right? That's the ultimate thing, right? Do it different. Do I it agree. Better. Do it better. I, Fear Factor I, had somebody drink piss. Do it better. You know, do it better, and they didn't do it better. <laughs> See, I'm also gonna say that that particular challenge was quite do homophobic it, because it. there are many gay people who have a good time with PP and straight people. I mean, Donald Trump loves PP. But the point being is that I, I think fair enough that, that you didn't like the film. I do. I I think that there is a very visually striking element to this. I'm going to stand by that word striking because it is sort of like how when you watch a movie, like we recently talked about um, Snapdragon, uh, an early, the, the first feature film with Pamela Anderson in, in, a, in a substantial role. And it's a competently made movie in that you can hear it, you can see it, all the actors are present. The script was 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 completed. Fine. It's competent. It is not necessarily interesting in a visual element. I do think that Janistock Click's bizarre visuals are highly entertaining and interesting. For example, in Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars, you see a glowing jar of liquid in the alien's hand for a great deal of time where you almost don't see the alien at all. Like, it's a black screen with this. And it's interesting because the vibe is supposed to be interesting. You know, the same way when you go into, like, a haunted Halloween hayride thing, right? You go in, you can't make everything out. But what you can make out, it, its intent is to unnerve you. So these things do matter. And I do think that they're interesting. The, I think what will get people like you, because there's going to be a lot of people, Jeff, as well, who don't like this movie or Janice Stockley's work, which is fair, uh, is the narrative element is, it's just not the focus. Uh, it's, it's just not the focus. It doesn't mean it's not there. Um, there is a story, as, as Greg said, it is the most narratively driven, but it is, for example, Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars the fact that I had to act like I surmised because there's a scene of like tiny, like tiny scarecrows being burned that I, I surmised that were those like the family of the scarecrow and that's why I went revenge. And the answer was yes. Um, but that's not, you have to get that short bit of film. Otherwise it, you don't know. And also it's a guess, right? They literally, the movie doesn't tell you. Um, so and yet you still come out with a, a feeling or a vibe at the end. Um, I do want to share Mandy's thoughts on this. Mandy Longley couldn't be here today, but she did watch the film, as I said earlier. She liked Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars more, but I do think she liked this one. She had the comment. She said, I feel like such an old lady because there's a lot of swearing in this one. Um, because, and it's 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 because Kyle Reese's performances, John Chips, he's very stream of consciousness you know, fuck this, fuck that, fucking fuckity fuck, um, you know, fuck you, you fucking fuck kind of, uh, it, you know, it, it's it's like a New York corner street. Um, and so, but, you know, I didn't, it wasn't, didn't phase me, but it's also sort of like, honestly, most of the dialogue is just noise to, to fill another element, right? The same way John Cage used silence to make people focus on uh, the fact that he had just trolled them into paying money to see this performance. The, the the sort of dialogue is just to fill the scene as you continue on to the next insanity so but she but that was her comment on this one um she really liked the musical uh afterlude post what's the term for the the the, the ending i forget anyway uh she liked that in attack at scarecrow mars and missed something like that in this one uh i i kind of though more tattered i'm saying the music is so complimentary in this movie like it actually really works um very specifically with the scenes that 
I, uh, I like them both. Um, uh, a friend of the pod, Caleb, did the music for Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars for the most part, and, and it was great. And you can get that soundtrack from him still. Uh, but yeah, so it's different. I get it. Okay, Greg, would you recommend Fish Piss 2022-23? If so, why and to who? Um, yeah, I, I think I would. Um, if, I mean, if you like Janice.click, like, I mean, I think that's an easy no-brainer. You've already kind of fallen into this niche. Um, I, I liked that it was, it was more cohesive. Um, you know, if McMurder is not cohesive and Scarecrow from Mars, I, I thought was a little dry, um, thinking about it. I, I, pretty sure that's what i said at the time as well but this i felt like it it kept going pretty pretty quickly um and it was funny you know i i like the bit where he's he fucking chokes out his mentor spirit guide friend whatever the fuck that guy is and he just disappears and he's like oh like was he real was he not like well i got rid of him and then his face just you know translucent superimposed he's like you can't get rid of me i'm in your mind now and i'm like that's <laughs> That that felt again to compare it to like an Adult Swim show. It felt it felt very like very like just like silly and goofy. Um, you know, if we're if we're talking about stuff like John Cage's Four Thirty Three, and sorry, I mistook that with um uh, Samuel Beckett's Breath. Um, it it yeah. costs you fifty five fucking dollars to per performance to license out Samuel Beckett's breath. It is 30 seconds. There's trash on the stage. You hear an intake of breath and an exhale and a baby's cry when it's born twice. That's it. It's 30 seconds. $55 of performance you pay to put that on. Um, Fish Piss, when the DVD was still available, $15. Um, <laughs> so you know what? Like We, we could talk about... <laughs> whatever terms we want i'm just saying logistically <laughs> like hey janice not click you're you're giving out my fucking money's worth and like great barely stated uh tad you are gonna round this out would you recommend fish piss 2022 slash 23 by janice not click if so why and to who of course i would um it actually jeff's rant reminded me of a a, a distinct reversal of a of a favorite that i used to have when i was young and uh in college i thought american beauty was my favorite movie of all time and then i rewatched it years later and found that it was a a, a self-aggrandizing piece of crap where one of the most important scenes of the movie was a piece of trash literally flying and people watching it and crying and i went what the fuck is this actually so it just reminded me that just because a movie's got trash in it doesn't mean that it is trash after all i i think you i think just as just as, this is an aside you brought it up i think we can all actually respect american beauty in a new way uh as one of the greatest fantasy films because it made people believe that uh kevin spacey was actually interested in having sex with a woman uh <laughs> and instead of a young boy who is not yet of age um, Plus, never yeah. mind. Holy crap! There sure is a lot of jailbait chasing and fantasy in it. When you really look at it, you know, like you don't see oh, that man. when you're 16, but when you're like pushed in 40, you're oh, like, this is uncomfortable. We're gonna talk about uh, Neverending Story another day, uh, but that <laughs> that launched a whole nightmare scenario uh, for for the Empress, uh, the woman who played the girl who played that is terrifying. Anywho's, it's okay. We're gonna end on that happy note. It's Kevin Spacey joke. What a way to end. Um, <laughs> What can I say? Janice.click, keep making them. Uh, he's working on uh, another couple of films right now. I know one is uh, a Bigfoot film. He has a, a sort of a, a, a teaser short that that uh, was created that inspired it that you can still find on his YouTube channel. Check it out. Should be a lot of fun. We, of course, will be there for it. Uh, still waiting for my cameo. But here <laughs> we are with the end of another episode of Cultic Classic Films Podcast. Please rate and uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, our YouTube channel, Colton Classic uh, Podcast, as well as our website. Go sign up for our forthcoming newsletter at coltonclassicfilms.com. You can email us anything, questions, hate mail. Um, I want Jeff to have his own rant podcast on Fox, uh, whatever. Uh, send it to us at info at coltonclassicfilms.com and follow our Instagram at coltonclassicfilms.com films thank you so much and to play us out as always is the chud with all about you
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.